right up at the top, take it from the start. This attribute, this level of benini that we're referring to is attainable by anyone. And as we will soon see, this is in contrast to the tzaddik that the Altanya is going to maintain his position as he has throughout and will continue that tzaddikim are a special class of neshamas and although one in action could be a tzaddik but as far as the essential explanation of the tzaddik those are predetermined, predesigned neshamas and don't have any expectations of becoming one. So as he further elaborates on that here, but really focusing much more on the Benin. Therefore, due to the fact that everybody can become a Benini, therefore we should all become Beninis. Going back to what we discussed a few weeks ago, that Benini is not a one-time deal that you become a Benini and necessarily remain a Benini, even though he used that language there, saying that the Benini never did an Avera, never will do an Avera, as the um, commentaries on the Tanya point out, that means that at that moment, he would never have considered doing, or would do an a Avera, and so too is he saying here, therefore we could all be Benini at any time. Why can't we be Tzadikim? See, he explains, Ki Abenini Enemayizbirah. The Benini is not a person who is revolted or disgusted by evil. Hold on a second there. So, he explains as follows. This Indian of being moyes of being revolted, of being disgusted by evil, is davar amasolodayf. This is something which is an emotional quality. It's given over to the heart, to use his exact language. Therefore, nobody is equal as far as all times go. What is in our hands? Meaning, we can't create an emotional reality. That all of a sudden we wake up one morning, you know, today I'm really going to be disgusted by evil. It's just not something, it's not a choice we can make. What choice can we make? We can make the choice to be sur meirah, to stay away from evil things, and to do good things. Now, this is not only in the realm of physical action, but it's, as we're going to explain, this means in the outcome and the carrying out of that which we are in control of, namely, we can control that which we act, we can control what we say, we can even control what we think about. Because in these three realms of action, speech, and thought, we have Choice and control. To act, to speak, and to think. 
even that which is completely the opposite of the, our desires, not only that, which is in contrast to what our desires is, mamish. we can think, speak, and act that which is the total opposite of what our desires are. So he, now he elaborates on this. Because even at a time that our heart is inflamed with a physical desire, he says, I don't care if we're talking about a permissible desire, or God forbid, a forbidden desire. Nonetheless, a person has the ability to overcome and what's more, not only to overcome temporarily, but a person has the ability to completely move their mind onto a different topic, totally. Now, here he gives an Eitzah. And this Eitzah is an Eitzah which is quoted by numerous Sifrechsidus in the next generation across the board as being the Balatanya's Eitzah, his solution, one of the most practical solutions in overcoming a temporary um, desire to do wrong. And here's his logic. And again, as we'll soon, this is one of many solutions to temporarily overcome a desire. Because a person should say to themselves, I really have no interest in being labeled a evil person, even for one moment. Why not? What's so bad about that? Why don't we want to be called a Russia? Because I do not want to be severed from the one God in any which way. Now, that's a very harsh thing to say. Are you going to say that if somebody has an evil thought, that they're severed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That's a terrible thing to say about a Jew. Says the Baltani, I didn't say it. The Pazik says it. That one's avainais, our sins, are barriers between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The, con- the opposite is true. Rather, my true desire is to cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, both on the level of spirit and my neshama. How does a Jew cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? We cleave to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through robing ourselves by being malbish ourselves in the three levushim Shehem, Achshav, They are the three forms of connection, of action mitzvahs, of thought mitzvahs, of speech mitzvahs. Where do we get the concept of Dveikus from? See, here again, this is going to become a theme in Tanya, and that is because each of us has an inherent, intrinsic, inborn love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even if we don't feel it. As the nation Yisrael has, we are called the nation who love HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now we're continuing with the Eitzah. Even the most lightweight Jew, even the most simple Jew, 
will give their life in Mesiris Nefesh, literally to give their life for Kiddush Hashem. And I certainly would never convert to a different religion, right? I wouldn't. I would never sever myself from being part of that group of those who want to cleave to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So what's going on here? If that's the case, why am I considering doing an avera? Ella shenichnas bayruachstus. What's going on? Is that the person was overcome by temporary insanity? What is that temporary insanity? Well, temporary has different time spans. We need meloi because what the imagination does, and this is the creativity of the Yitzhahara, is the Yitzhahara convinces the person, how can you possibly compare the Jew who's giving his life because he doesn't want to bow down to the Buddha? How can you compare that to a person who is eating something of a questionable source? Come on. One of them is Avedazara. This is just eating trave. That idea is Ruchstus. That is insanity. Meaning, the conviction, the rationalization of saying that severance, and this isn't, that's Ruchstus. V'nidmoloi, look how he says it in his own words. V'nidmoloi, the person imagines. Shabavei what do you mean? I'm still very Jewish. And my neshama is not severed from God. And at that moment, the second form of insanity is that the person temporarily forgets the natural love of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Comes the person and says, therefore, Avalani, but I... And then he writes to the Yeshaita, we don't mind being wicked, but never call a Jew stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to be a Shaita Kamayu Lichbarems. The guy's got to say to himself, a person who's temporarily interested in Avera has to be able to say, a Russia maybe, stupid I'm not. No Jew wants to be stupid. And the recognition of the truth that this is nothing but a foolish rationalization, that the person comes up with a concocted, imaginative difference between a severance, which is permanent, and a severance, which is only kacha kacha, he says, that's a bunch of baloney. So that is one of the eights he gives in overcoming a temporary Yetzirah is to be truthful. And to recognize that only a shaita comes up with a rationalization to say that there are better averis and there are worse averis. And if, if a person would come up with the following logic, the Bnei Sosra, I couldn't find it now, but the Bnei Sosra quotes this somewhere, and he says that a person should actually conjure up the image of a Jew who's going to his death for Messias Nefesh, for Avedazara, and say to himself, would I not do the same? If I was presented with that situation, I would do the same thing. No, so if I would even give my life 
not to violate HaKadosh Baruch Hu's word, doesn't it make much more sense that I can overcome this temporary desire for whatever it is you fill in the blank if the result is the same? Meaning, the severance of my neshama from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, we need to utilize these chachmas in order to overcome our Yetzirah. Continues the Baltanya Mashain Kimadavramasalev. But when it comes to something which has got to be emotionally true, meaning the Uktzadik is called upon that he should be revolted and disgusted by evil. And he's got to hate it with the ultimate hatred. Or, as he discussed earlier, the tzaddik viralai, he hates it, but it's not the ultimate re- revolting. That is not a realistic expectation for a person who's a benini. We're not going to hate evil. It's just not going to happen. That only happens commensurate with the level of the love of Hashem. So when a person is totally engulfed and aflamed in the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then he hates evil. But if the person's not on that level of love, he's not going to be on that level of sinna. Like we said by the Benini, that the Benini can have moments to like the Tepila where there, there's high elevation. So can, be, can there be moments where there's sinna? Yeah. Or? Probably at the same time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You want to know what love means? Love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu means that which the Zayar refers to as Ahava B'Tanugim, a person who lives in the delight, the love of pleasure. To live in this world, as if he was living in the world to come. About this level, the Gemara refers to it, and they refer to this type of person. It's funny, this is a very creative uh, interpretation of the Gemara where he calls it, This is a person, the Gemara refers to it as a person who's actually living out his Olam Haba in this world. So he's he's usurping his Olam Haba even in this world. He's having such a good time here that he's gnashing from his Chedek and Olam Haba. The way the Baltani is using the Gemara here is saying is that this person is living on that level of pleasure. Because we know that Adam Abba is Tzadikim Yoyitzvim and Hanim Ziva Shechina, that the righteous are sitting and basking in the love of the Shechina. So this person is living in this world as if he was in Adam Abba, meaning this is a person who is living in this physical world, but he is so enjoying being Jewish that it is just like he's a Ben Adam Abba. He's living in the world to come. So that's how. This is with the tzaddik. Yeah, this is referring to the tzaddik. But the ankle Adam Zeichel is that they say you know he ain't talking to us. These are storybooks. Kizel kein kibul schar. This is similar to reward. See, he points out a whole other thing here. He says, I want you to understand even more, even deeper. Not only is this the level of tzaddikim, but it's not even something the tzaddik attained for themselves. It was a gift. This level of love, this level of enjoyment is a gift that they receive from HaKadosh Baruch like I write elsewhere. He says, now we go back to answer one of the questions at the opening of the Sefer, which was, Eev's challenge to HaKadosh Baruch which was, Hashem, you created Tzadikim. What do you mean you created Tzadikim? you got to become a Tzadik. 
This isn't something that's printed on the birth certificate. So it's about Tanya. Yes, it is. You created Tzadikim. He says, and I'm not making this up. This is a that even on the neshama level of Jews, there are different levels of neshamas. There's A quality, B quality, and so on. As the language of the Zayr is there, there's chasidim, there are gibayrim, there are righteous, pious people, there are mighty people. That's not referring to to uh, people who are boxers or wrestlers. This is referring to people who are mighty or in overcoming their yetzer. Mare Torah, there are people who are masters of Torah and Nevi'im, and one of the words the Zayim mentions there are Tzadikim. There are people who have Neshamas of Tzadikim. And we know from all the Sipurim of all the greats of, of uh, the Tzadikim who talked about that they were able to bring down a Neshama, a Neshama of a Tzadik, and all that kind of neat stuff that we have no idea what they're talking about. But, it, but we know that there were people who looked at babies and said, this is the Neshama of a Tzadik. Well, then they knew. So then you just got to watch out not to distort it, not to kill it, to allow the tzaddik to grow up as a tzaddik. Alright, so with this concept, we now go on to some more eight tzaddikah things. So eight number one that we gleaned from chapter 14 here is to use a very practical etza. It's interesting that in Tzadl Cotton, the Rebbe Melech writes a similar etza. And that is the utilization of the imagery of a person throwing themselves into a fire for Hashem's sake. Here he's using it very specifically as a method of overcoming. And that is, I know that if I was presented in this situation where I would be challenged with Avedazara, that I would give my life. And by the way, due to the fact that, you know, in his time it was still a practical issue. There were still Goyim who were forcing Jews to convert. And at that time, we may need to use something like a murder, right? Most of us would rather go to our deaths than to kill another Jew. Right? So there are other eights. Why would we do that? Because we know that it's immoral, that the Rebbe Shalem doesn't let us do it. So if, if I could overcome that, I certainly can overcome, you know, eating ice cream with a triangle K, right? So, you know, whatever the, the particular challenge would be. Next paragraph. With this, we we relate to another Shaila. And he didn't even ask this question, actually, in Perak Aleph. There he quoted the Gemara, that the Gemara says there that the Neshama is forced to take an oath, you should be a Tzadik, and not wicked. So every good Litvak would say, this is a superfluous language. Obviously, I'm going to be a tzaddik. I'm not going to be a Russian. Right? So, why do you need a double shvua? See, he answers this question now. one would wonder. Since we're making him take an oath that he should be a tzaddik, why take the second oath or the second component of the oath not to be wicked? So now we're going to answer the question. Because most people are never going to be tzaddikim. 
You hear these words? We don't have free choice to become tzaddikim. Now again, he's not talking about a tzaddik in conduct. Obviously, we have a, the ability to be a tzaddik in conduct. He's talking about a essential tzaddik, meaning a person who will be revolted by evil. Okay? We don't have that level of bechira. To come to that level of pleasure. And that we should really be sickened by evil. That's not in our hands. Therefore, there's the second half of the oath. If you can't fulfill the first half, at least don't be Russia. Now, that's totally unfair. Because, ultimately, we did take the first half of the oath. We, so why, why, how did he help us here? He's saying, at least if you can't do the first half of the oath, do the second half. Well, but I said the first half of the oath, too. So he explains, At least we have the total free choice. And permission is granted to every human being to overcome his temptation and to overcome his evil inclination that the person will not be in actuality a wicked person for even one moment all of his life whether we're talking about a person who needs to overcome evil or we're talking about a person who is in the realm of doing good pushing again he is so fierce in this and Taiv means the study of Torah. This refers to the ability that we have at every spare moment to study Torah. I was in the airport yesterday. Two days ago. Whenever. And there was a Venter Yeshiva Bacha sitting and reading a novel. And this was, I was, I had this in my, in my mind. And it, it bothered me. It's a Chilashem Barabim. What's the hatter for a Jew to sit with a novel? To sit with a secular novel? It's bitul tamatera. There's just no, there's no hatter for it. Now, is there a place for it? Yeah, I mean, it's usually in the bathroom. Or at a time that a person can't learn. But otherwise, you know, it needs to be with a cashman. And I hope not. The LaGuardia Airport does give you that kind of impression. Ah! What about Asay Tov? Toiv, meaning here he's talking about even on the level of Asay Tov, Tov meaning Talmud Torah, that, that's, that the person that never violated missing a moment in which he could have learned Torah. Kirkei Avos, it quotes, I think Hashem is saying, that Yisrael Kulam Tzadikim, something to that effect. So what's... So if all of Yisrael are Tzadikim, Again, that, that, that's the conduct tzaddik. So there are two types of tzaddikim as he's going through here. There's the conduct tzaddik, and there's the essential tzaddik. Here he's talking about the essential tzaddik, to be moyes birah. That's the, the banner of the tzaddik. Now, to answer the alikasha, though, what about the fact that we did take an oath to be a tzaddik? Ach afalpike. He says, even though we cannot become tzaddikim, each of us needs to establish times. Gamkein. Loshis to provide time and advice and wisdom to our souls. 
to bring ourselves to be revolted by evil, like Chazal, in their interest of t- telling us and getting us to sober up about given desires, explain to us as follows. One of the most common desires that people struggle with is their attraction to forbidden sexual relations. So Chazal say to us, Isha Hamas Malayatsoya, that a forbidden woman should be seen by us as a object full of refuse. And the way the, the Mepharshim explain that is that's what ends up happening basically with whatever contribution the male makes and gives to the female. It ends up becoming nothing more than something which goes to a terrible form of waste. Right? The um, other Mepharshim, when quoting this concept, say that if a person struggles with food, they can conjure up the very same image. Like, where is this going to be in six hours from now? This, I'm paying $150 for this piece of meat. Right? What, what is it going to look like six hours from now? Well, that kind of could be an appetite killer. Right? <laughs> so, you know, the diet industry should kind of adopt this, this method. Yeah. Ukai Gavna, and he says, Ukai Gavna, that same methodology needs to be utilized at other times. So too, all other forms, many forms of, of delight end up being looking just like that. So too, the pleasures of the temporary pleasures of this world, a wise person sees the outcome. That ultimately today's iPad is going to be tomorrow's garbage heap. It's going to ultimately be worms and garbage. But, conversely, for those of us who are inclined to sometimes think positive things, to take pleasure, conversely, we can conjure up positive images of joy and pleasure, real joy and pleasure. By contemplating the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, each person according to his ability, ah, you're going to say we're living in a world of deception because we're never going to come to the true Madrega of a tzaddik who delights in every mitzvah opportunity, right? We have the images of the Badich on the first day of Sukkah, Azokis, who couldn't, his, his desire for the Esrik, to shake Esrik, was so in, intense that he put his hand through a glass uh, cabinet to get the Esrik because he didn't realize that there was a piece of glass there. And, and so on. Other tzaddikim who just couldn't wait for the moment to do a mitzvah. Well, we know we're never going to get this. So who are we fooling? Nonetheless, even though we know for certain. They were never going to get to this level of enjoyment or this level of revulsion. In a true way, we're only going to get there on the level of imagination. Nonetheless, I love it. We got to do ours. I'm not going to become a tzaddik. That's up to God. I got to do what I got to do.
This is the, the same message that the Bali Musa say about uh, Bas Pare. Right? She stuck out her arm. I gotta do mine. Maybe the wave will push the kid over this way. So too. We need to do what we need to do. Becoming, um, there's a great Yiddish phrase, which is gonna slip my mind right now. My job is to do, not to accomplish. Why do we need to do this? To fulfill the first half of the oath, which is which is to take an oath that we will be a tzaddik. Hashem will do what he needs to do. He wants me to become a tzaddik. I'll wake up tomorrow morning, Ruby Kivager. Right? If not, it ain't gonna happen. But that's up to Hashem. It's not up to me. What's more? We gotta realize that if we get into the habit of thinking positively about it, the Rabbi Shalom and Torah Mitzvahs, and we get into the habit of thinking that Averis are disgusting, it will become second nature. You ever saw this in Lashon Kodesh? Second nature. Teva Shani. Mm-hmm. I never realized it was a Lashon Kodesh phrase. Teva Shani. And when we get used to saying that things are disgusting, it will become disgusting. And if we put on the, the front of rejoicing in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by spending time contemplating the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by our actions below, we will create a reaction above. And just maybe, just maybe, Hashem will smile upon us from above. This is unbelievable. We may just may, and this is one of the nyanim that, that the Sifri Kodesh talk about in the sources, is in the Kisviari, that where we think the concept of Gilgal only refers to dead people, the Arizal writes that if we emulate the ways of a tzaddik, even a living tzaddik, that the nisham of that person becomes magogal in us. Again, I'll find the source of Yitzhak for next week. But he writes that in the concept of Gilgal, it's not only dead people. That if you emulate the ways of a given tzaddik, that this concept will happen and that the person tisabre boy that the neshama of that tzaddik will come into him, to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch with a true joy, like that tzaddik, and by doing so, it will truly be fulfilled in him, the oath, the person will be able to fulfill this concept. It's half of a fellow. It's just unbelievable. The, the concept that you're saying here, that while the person on a full-time basis won't become a tzaddik, but even in a given area, we watch the Avaid of a tzaddik, Nathilas Lulav, Achilas Matzah, whatever it might be, and we want to emulate that person, so at least temporarily we fulfill the mitzvah tzaddik, because we become that tzaddik, temporarily by emulating that tzaddik. Now take a look at this piece of Marnayim. And we're going to go a little bit over time here. So, here you got another copy of the Sefer. Where's the pocket one? Here. You got? 
Here's another Manayim. So, this is really strange, but the daf, the page number, is Shin Lamites. Of course, it's just a coincidence. To be shaylit on oneself is to be able to overcome, right? So the page that we're going to learn is Dafshin Lamites. You'll see in a moment why. It's just a coincidence, right? Says the Maranaim again. The Maranaim is from Reb Nochum of Chernobyl, was a disciple of the uh, primarily of the Magid, but was also by the Balshamar Kodesh. And he says as follows: Chazal tell us on the pasuk V'yahavtes Hashem Alekecha B'Chalavavcha V'Doshu Chazal Chazal Darshan. What does it mean B'Chalavavcha? Says the Mishnah B'Shnei Yitzracha. They were to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu with both Yitzers. We should serve Hashem both with the good inclination and with the evil inclination. So all the Mephashim say, how are we supposed to love Hashem with the Yetzirah? That's usually not the image we have of our Yetzirah. He's the guy with the little pitchfork. So we don't usually serve Hashem with him. Here's the concept. Hashem commanded us to love him. But how are we supposed to love something? We don't know what it's about. You can't. We can love food. You can love pleasure. How are you supposed to love somebody, a being, an essence? We don't know anything about. The Cain Yatsalanu Therefore, the Torah comes and says, "I'll tell you how." Love him using the Yitzhara. This is fundamental of fundamentals. This is Yiddish, a fundamental. created the world with a parable. The very fact that the Rebbeinu Shalom is so remote... So for that reason, he created things which are tangible that we can love. But we should understand that this world is a parable through which we're supposed to understand a nimshala lesson. That is to say, notice the similarity in language the Baltani constantly uses. All the pleasures of this world. Like eating and drinking. And intimate relations, Shiyovin, the person is designed to ask the question, Why in the world do I love this pleasure? After all, what is it? It is a love which, by definition, must come from a world of higher love. Everything in this world is only of a higher source that was sent down from a higher source of love. Nothing is created here at its source. It all comes from a higher place. Kinez Kiritzleinu Kamapamez is explained elsewhere. V'yal achas If that's the case, that love can express itself on such a lowly form, how much more so shiyashli lev abayda isn't it obvious how much more so should I love the Rebbeinu Shalom who is the source of all love? 
This is what David Melech says in Tehillim. I am going to be for them a parable. People think about me, says David Melech, that I only am stuck in the marshal. No. David the Melech says, people think that I get involved in all these forms of pleasure and I'm stuck in the world of the parable. Oh, I may look like that. It gives you a glimpse into the lives of some great people who look like they live in great luxury and, and splendor. And they do it to instigate the nimsh. Ah, next paragraph. Yesh Yitzhara Shemisama Einov comes the Yitzhara and blinds the person's eyes. Balyir The Yitzhara comes along and instead of using the world as it was attend- intended to be a parable, comes the Yitzhara and doesn't let the person see it. The Yitzhara makes us think that the mashal is the end. So what's the solution that we not get stick, stuck in the world of illusion, who Torah. The solution is to toil in the study of Torah. If this low life attacks you, drag him into the Bismedish. So he says, Olavin, we need to understand this. Gemara. Why is he called a low life? Here's the concept. Kikol hatanugim, hem tanugim shivurim, ve'enam shleimim. All pleasures in this world are broken. They're not full, eternal pleasure. Shem raklifisha, because they're temporary. Rakach bottle, and moments after we've indulged in them, they're gone. That's the definition of something which is broken. It's not complete. And as we just learned, up to the top of the page, to make it worse, the end of any one of those pleasures is something rather disgusting. Eating results in some pretty awful stuff. And so too, all other form of physical pleasure. Therefore, if this disgusting thing attacks you, that's why it's called a minovel, the low life, the disgusting thing. Because you recognize that he's enticing us, he's enticing us to things that are disgusting. So what's the Yetzirah? Show him what real pleasure is. Because Torah is the spice for the Yetzirah. Like Chazal say, I created a Yetzirah and I created the Torah as its tablet. Says the Yom an awesome thing. This process of dragging the manoval into Bismedish is what's referred to as tshuva out of love. Why? 
because the person is utilizing the desire itself he's utilizing as he said earlier to say after all where does this pleasure come from this pleasure has got to come from a higher deeper place so it turns out that the pleasure itself that was dragging the person down becomes the very source for the person to be able to con- contemplate something loftier. Therefore, nice. Therefore, the very sin itself that the person fell in the past, he stumbled with this Aver in the past, but now he's using it as a stepping stone to turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, some like Ezekiel, that itself becomes like a mitzvah. Shemikol Avera Nasim Mitzvahs Ahava. Each Avera becomes the mitzvah of love itself. Shalekeach Mehman Nimshal. Because it becomes the, the catalyst that allows the person to contemplate this has got to come from a better, deeper, higher, loftier place. Le'av Hashem Yisbech, to love Hashem. Says the Maranayim, for this reason, Torah is referred to as the spice. Just like the tavlin, the spice, sweetens the meat, or whatever it is it's spicing, so too, through the Torah, through Torah, Torah gives the perspective of Nimshal, but what is the meat? The meat is the love. The meat, the essence that we're looking for, is the emotion itself that we're drawn to. That's what we need to utilize towards HaKadosh Baruch Torah is going to give us the ability to do that. So if a person analyzes this, what's the ikr? It's not the Torah. The Torah is the catalyst. Torah is the spice. The main dish is the love. And therefore it's very accurate. Because otherwise all the Mephashim ask, it's, the, the, it's, it's not comparable. You're saying, Torah is the tavlin, right? What was the language? I created Yetzirah, I created Torah as the Tavlin. What do you mean? The main thing is supposed to be Torah. She says, no. The main thing is the Yetzirah. The main thing is the love. The main thing is the fear. You can't get there without guiding it in the correct direction. That's what spices do. You can have the meat be sweet. You can have it be spicy. But the the, the essence is the Yetzirah. But what drew my attention to this is this very issue where he uses the same Eitzah of contemplating the fact that it's Seifa Mudavamos, that ultimately left onto itself every physical pleasure evaporates and results in something disgusting. And therefore he refers to it as a Manoval. And that's the same Eitzah that the Baltanya was teaching us here in Perikudala. There is a way to sublimate those physical pleasures that are permissible. This is the way. With Torah, we can it. Because then it becomes a catalyst to raising our attention to something higher. Well, the Mordheim is built on this Yisoyed, really. Much more so than the Tanya is. I 